Should Christians use social media? This question might sound like one of those that's beyond the scope of what we normally deal with on giving an answer, but stick with me because I think it's really profitable for us to think about this question. Unfortunately, as you know, social media becomes a temptation for Christians to use as a means for gossiping, venting, and idolatry. What is harmlessly a tool for communication is distorted into a trophy room whereby people compare and contrast their lives, their quotes, and their opportunities over against one another. Instead of coming to God in prayer, we post a status about what we are frustrated about and afraid of. On the one hand, this demonstrates the consequential reality that humans were created for community and seek fulfillment of a longing to be heard and cared for. But on the other hand, we pick a poor substitute when we try to use social media as a gratifying effort of what can only be realized in our communion with God in prayer and His Word. Well, the point of media is to be used as a medium of communication, which means that it is by nature an inferior means of communication. In social terms, the Apostle John knew that written communication, or in our case, typing, can never be used as a replacement of meaningful face-to-face interaction. Think about 2 John and 3 John, for example, as he's writing to his audience, but longs to see them face-to-face and speak face-to-face. While Facebook and other types of social media can be used positively to keep in touch and pray for people and things like that, social media can never replace real-life interaction or any digital form of social life for that case. It is better to be at the game than to watch the game. It is better to be on a trip than it is to look at pictures of where you want to be. Social media is a means to a better end, namely real life. We are good stewards of this when we have the wisdom to use social media for the good and protect our minds from the bad of overindulgence. It's very tough here to make a dividing line in the sand because no doubt there are people who swear off all kinds of social media because they're burdened and bothered by all of the darkness and ungodliness that is so prevalent there. And it's hard for us to blame them because they take the same kind of mindset that we see in the Bible that in the book of Hebrews that Lot was burdened in his soul day in and day out by his surroundings of Sodom. On the other hand, we have the principle of people who want to redeem or even evangelize in a dark place. And if our world is a dark place, then we shouldn't doubt that social media is going to be a dark place because it's filled with people who do not know or love God. So those who want to be a light in that social sphere, it's hard for us to look at them in a legalistic sense and say, you're being compromised and you shouldn't be there. But of course, even in interactions between Christians, we see all of the worst and ugly examples of interacting with one another because social media is notoriously known as where most theological debates take place today. And that is very regrettable because social media is not an opportunity for us to hear each other out. It's an opportunity for us to, as it is said, load the chamber with Bible citations and insults 
and heave whichever one seems to work best in the given circumstance at the other person, which is certainly not loving. This isn't to say that interaction beyond face-to-face was never used before social media, because certainly written letters and things of that nature, or even in the technological age, but pre-Facebook, we saw this happen in emails. But even emails, in my opinion, are better than social media for disagreements because at least you have the opportunity to get your entire thought out before the other person and let them understand the full context of what's being said. That's the same thing that's happening with letters, written letters, that is, if you can believe those still exist. But those certainly did exist in the centuries before in written letters, sometimes even published works of written letters, were the way that people debated with each other theologically. And this is a good place to really understand that social media has huge limitations for meaningful discussion. So we might ask, what kind of things do we need to be careful of when we do use social media? Well, I think the most important one is what I already said, that social media is normally used as our virtual trophy room that means that we can really be tempted to covet. You can be tempted to covet in all of the ways that the Bible talks about coveting. You could covet somebody's life. You could covet somebody's possessions and belongings. You could covet somebody's spouse. And all of this can and does take place on social media because it is where we express what our life is. We have all kinds of opportunities to use editing and image filters and whatever we want to do to make a virtual representation of ourselves in our life. I could argue with my wife and my children and then get them to stand with me for a picture or a short video posted on social media and give everybody the impression that we're one big happy family. Now of course you could also edit that scenario and say that I could have just argued with my wife and children and then go on to social media and see how presumably well everybody else is doing on my newsfeed and begin to covet their lifestyle over against my own. This is a slippery slope and this doesn't always happen to any given person who gets on social media but it should be noted as a real temptation because it's the nature of how social media is set up. It could be used for good, but it has great opportunities to be used for evil or to at least get us into a frame of mind that is not honoring to God. But if we stand by the principle that John gives us in Second and Third John, that face-to-face interaction really is to be preferred if we have the option, then we might look at social media concerning whether or not we use it in not necessarily the temptations of what's there, but at least in the way that it prohibits us from doing things that might be better. And this really does touch on a theme that I like to talk about very often on the podcast, and that is the idea of redeeming the time, as the Apostle Paul calls it. Probably the greatest threat that social media poses to our lives is the wasting of time. Think about all the things that we could be doing 
that we can't do if we waste all of our time on social media. There are some people who only use social media to post things and every once in a while get on there to check up on their friends and family. But for the average person, social media is an endless scrolling of person to person, scrolling down an endless news feed that continues to load again and again. And before we know it, we've sat there, wasted about 20, 30 minutes, maybe even an hour, doing basically nothing. And that applies on any of the social media platforms, but it could even apply on YouTube with the endless clicking of related videos. Before we know it, we've gotten on our phones to simply check the time or to look at something, and we're now lost an hour later from one of many social media platforms that we almost subconsciously clicked on without even realizing it. Now, I don't want to bash this too much because I recognize that the whole idea of this podcast is social media. You might be listening to this from the Facebook page of Better Bible Reading. You might be listening to this on the YouTube channel of Better Bible Reading. But even a podcast feed is a form of social media, even though it's, generally speaking, one-way communication. I don't want to bash technology and say that it's wrong because there are great opportunities such as what I'm trying to do on this podcast of using it in a way that's honoring to God. But the principle of balance, the principle of everything in moderation must apply to social media. It must apply whether we're doing the talking or the listening, whether we're doing the typing or the watching. Any aspect of social media has limitations, and if we try to push those limitations to a breaking point, we will then be engaged in excess, no doubt breaking one of the Ten Commandments. So my encouragement to you is to do a self-assessment of what ways you use social media. If you use it for good, or if you fall prey to all of the things that represent the bad of social media. My encouragement is the same as somebody who is being counseled for whether or not they should use alcohol in moderation. The principle is, it's not a sin to drink alcohol. It's also not a sin to not drink alcohol. We should not look down on those who drink alcohol if we decide not to, ever. We also should not look down on those, if we do drink alcohol, who decide to never drink alcohol, because neither one is a sin. The sin is the excess. The sin is going beyond moderation. For alcohol, that means drunkenness. But for social media, that means going to the point of breaking a commandment of God, or at least not using our time wisely, which still is a misuse of our lives. That is why I say that whether or not we use social media is not a black or white issue, but how we use it is a black or white issue. And so how we use it must be the focus of our evaluation of ourselves. And if we conclude to step away from social media altogether, that is all well and good. If we conclude to use it only in a way that is 
redeemed and only in a way that is worthy of the calling to which we've been called as Christians, then that's good. Even if we use it recreationally, that's good. But the principle of all things in moderation and keeping a close watch on what we're doing, how we're feeling, and what we're saying is so important. So that's my encouragement to you for whether or not Christians should use social media.